Hello and welcome to the How to Talk to Girls podcast. I'm your host, Trip Kramer from tripadvice.com. And today we have a special interview with former RSD coach, RSD Brad. You may have known him as that, but he is now Wade Alters. He has started his own company on business strategy, productivity, lifestyle development, and he's got a great podcast called The Wade Alters Show. And if you haven't heard of this guy, well, get ready because he dishes some amazing advice today, giving you step-by-step how to go from approach to getting a girlfriend. And I'll be honest with you, he's teaching some stuff today that I'm going to take into my own life, stuff that I have never heard before, really good techniques and really great concepts to help get you into the right relationship and even get you into the right casual relationship. So if you're listening to this and you're not super interested in having a girlfriend or you're not there yet and you just want casual relationships, well, still listen to this because this is going to teach you how to do that. Now, before we get into that, I want to announce my latest program called Hooked. If you have not heard about this yet or you're just hearing about this for the first time, then I suggest that you check it out at getherhooked.com. Now, this program teaches shy guys and teaches guys who don't know how to get dates and don't know how to get women attracted to them to have an abundance of women that are hooked on them. That's why I call it hooked because I'm teaching you not how to just get girls interested, but to get girls almost addicted to you. There's a way to switch a few things in your personality in order to be the type of guy that a woman desires. And I teach you all that in Hooked. So go check it out at getherhooked.com to learn all about that program. Now here is my interview with Wade teaching you step-by-step on how to get a girlfriend. Hey Wade, what's going on man? So happy to have you. Hey, how's it going? Good to be here. Yes, yes. We are on with Wade Alters. He is from the Wade Alters Show. So if you're not already listening to that podcast, I highly suggest you go check it out. It is everything lifestyle development. You want to tell the guys real quick uh, why they should listen to your podcast and why it's so awesome? Yeah, well, lifestyle development, basically what it is, is lifestyle design plus self-development. And it pretty much encapsulates all the different uh, years of coaching I've had. So I've been a coach for 10 years and starting off as a dating coach, which we're going to get into some awesome stuff here today. I'm sure with that, uh, did that since 2007. And then after a while transitioned into pretty much straight on self-development inner game leading to productivity. And then of course with that, you know, having a career that you're passionate about and business. So I do some business consulting and that's kind of all packaged up into uh, the lessons of lifestyle development. Dude. So that's pretty much me in a nutshell. You do it all. I love it. Yep. Fantastic. Well, today I wanted to pick your brain on how to go from the initial approach, right? The first time you talk to a girl all the way to getting a girlfriend. And I think that you got some good stuff on that because you you said just a second ago you were a dating coach. I know that. You've been a dating coach. Uh, were a dating coach for a very long time. You worked for a big company. And... Now you have a girlfriend, and I'm sure you've had many girlfriends and lots of success with that. So I think that you're the right person to talk about this. But but why don't you tell the guys a little bit about your current situation? You have you're in a relationship, right? Yeah, yeah. So I guess uh, I'll, I'll kind of flow a bit, and then just feel free to chime in on anything. Um, it's kind of twofold, I would say, in that before I found out about the whole know, success with women, pickup industry. Uh, I'm from small town, Wisconsin. My parents were high school sweethearts. They were each other's first kiss. And so I think like most of us, I was in high school and thinking, okay, 
my parents met in high school and they got married. I need to find my wife. So at 16 years old, I chose my wife. And funny enough, we ended up staying together for close to eight years. So it actually probably would have went that path if it wasn't for, I guess, uh, lucky, luckily or unluckily. Uh, and you know, we just kind of separated eight years. No one knows what they want when they're 16 anyways, but it did give me an initial sort of, I guess, experience of that. I wasn't the type of guy getting into success with women thinking I want to be Hugh Hefner and like hook up with all these girls. I was just thinking I need to find another girlfriend and I want her to be more attractive than my current one just out of like ego and spite. And kind of what happened was, is leaving college. I was about 24 years old and found out about the whole pickup industry and just dove in head first, had nothing else to do. I was going to go to medical school, realized that wasn't the right move. And, you know, going to uh, University of Wisconsin, it's like binge drinking capital of the U.S. So I was already going out three nights a week and I didn't realize that, like, I didn't even know there was this whole world of people hooking up, like going out. Like, it seems so obvious, right? But I was just completely oblivious to it because I'm like, I got my wife. So I didn't have to think about that. And then, you know, fast forward a few years, I've taught, you know, uh, dating boot camps in over 40 countries. I did it for pretty much, you know, 50 weekends a year, five years straight, went out a thousand nights. So, of course, kind of girls, girls, girls. And that was a great experience, you know, having, you know, the multiple girlfriend experience, having, you know, same whatever, just all anything, every tasting, every flavor of the rainbow was like how I, <laughs> I like saying it. Um, but then, you know, as I got into my 30s, started my own business and really the time it take, took to grow that. Uh, and knowing that at the end of the day, because I had that initial experience with my family and seeing a really healthy relationship, that was something that I ultimately wanted. So I'm happy that I had all those amazing, incredible experiences everywhere from Tokyo to Hungary and everywhere in between. But at the end of the day, like I said, I wanted to find a relationship where I could be with someone committed exclusive relationship and I've been with the same girl for now for over four years. She's actually moving in in about a week or two. So taking that to the next step as well. And I think it's kind of a unique place to be where if I look at most guys in the the dating industry is they're either they're kind of like I feel like the guys that are like the relationship guys are like soft and just like, yes, it's all about love and your girl and shit like that. Or they're the the hardcore player type who can never keep a girlfriend or they're always cheating on her and things like that. So I kind of definitely have a unique sort of uh, experience and skill set of being able to see both sides both before I became, I guess, the player type as well as after kind of uh, evolved player and healthy relationship here. So that's kind of where I'm at today. Yeah, like somewhere in the middle. I, I definitely relate to your story as well because I'm just like you. I'm a Midwestern guy and you know, I was all about in the very beginning. I mean, I remember when I was in high school, I was weird. Like everyone in high school <laughs> is trying to like lose their virginity. And I wasn't even religious, but I was like, no, I want to have sex when I'm married. Like it was weird. Like I didn't care about losing my virginity that fast. And I ended up losing my virginity at like 17. Um, but I was, I was kind of in that like relationship mode. And then as time went on and I grew up, I, I, I went into that super player route and then I think I'm kind of where you are. Like I'm somewhere in between. It's like I, I always tell guys, you know, whatever they want to do is fine. You want to be a player, fine. You want to fall in love, get married as fast as possible, that's fine too. But I do think, you know, any religious aspects aside, I do think guys should sleep with a lot of girls before they get into a serious relationship. I think if they don't do that, it can cause um, a lot of issues for themselves. You know, possibly regret, 
possibly cheating, uh, who knows, but I think it's good to have a lot of those sexual experiences and have that fun and until you want to get into a relationship uh, or you don't, you know, whatever, it, it's up to you. But if you know eventually you want to get into something serious or even get married, definitely have fun first, you know, and, and go out and meet a lot of girls. Sow your oats, as they, as they say, you know, so I, I recommend that for the guys. Yeah, I completely agree. It's like uh, I've had former clients and people that knew me from back when I was just going out nonstop and meeting girls all the time. And they're like, you've, you know, you have this uh, skill set and you're, you're wasting your skill set. Or do you feel like you're just like this uh, tiger and the, the claws are like in the gloves sort of thing? I don't know if that's the right metaphor there. But uh, and I, I said the answer is really no, because of exactly what you said. The fact that I've had all those experiences and when I see those girls, and I still see beautiful, gorgeous, like sexy girls, and part of me is like, that would be cool to get with that girl. But I can also say to myself, I've done that. And, I, and I've had those experiences. And so I've moved on to a different stage of my life, and I don't feel that I've missed out. And I completely agree that that's what happens is guys that don't really, like they kind of just settle for a relationship or they fall into it, and they haven't had those experiences it very quickly leads to either them, you know, being like pissed at their girlfriend for some reason they don't even really know and kind of self-sabotaging or yeah, totally cheating on her and things like that. Cause that's, that's the other part too, is if you don't know how to like, if you haven't developed that skill set where you have full control over your dating life, well, one, it's going to lead to not a great relationship because you're not going to be coming from that right uh, abundance frame. Cause you're like, Oh my God, this is probably the best I can get which leads to all sorts of other issues we might get into. But then the other thing too is you've never had that power or the control of saying like, I can see a girl and I can go up and I can move it forward in the way that I want to. And if you don't have that experience, if you can't do that consistently, then you're in this relationship and let's say things are going really well. You go to Las Vegas with the boys and all of a sudden some girl comes on to you and you're like, oh my God, I've never had this before. I got to do it. And you're kind of not even really like wanting to cheat on your girl but just because it's an experience that you don't know how to deal with it, you just kind of fall into it. And that's that situation where the next day guys are feeling guilty and they're just, you know, it's like living your life totally in reaction, you know? So I think it's a skill set every guy needs to have. Yeah, totally. Totally. And then another thing too is they get into relationships and, you know, not every relationship is guaranteed to last. Not every marriage is guaranteed to last. So what happens to a lot of guys is they get into the relationship and the relationship lasts who knows, anywhere from two to like 10 years, and all of a sudden they're much older, and now they got to learn this stuff because they got to find someone to date. And I think these days it's actually a lot harder to date, even though we have all these apps and stuff like that, it, it's gotten harder to meet women. And so you're going to be in a place where now you're starting all over. So I want to prevent that, and hopefully we can do that today. So, so let's get into it. We're talking about approach to girlfriend and you've got some step-by-step -step stuff on on how to do that so i'm just gonna let you take it away and i'll interject uh when possible for sure i guess uh without being redundant i'm assuming you've had definitely things on the approach conversation moving it forward getting to kind of like the first date step yeah i've i've listened this is i think episode 156 uh, 157. So I'm de I've definitely talked about that. But if you want to lightly touch on that, because I know this is, we're talking about a really big concept here, but maybe if you want to lightly touch upon some stuff, um, not, you don't have to go in the nitty gritty details, but it wouldn't hurt. Okay. 
you know. Well, actually, you know, it'd be cool. Here, here's a here's kind of, I guess, uh, flip it on its head a little bit. Okay. Is that I feel that the first approach, the, the first time you approach a girl, leading to if you're together 10 years, that first approach really is a microcosm of your entire relationship. And so as much as some guys wish that, oh, the girl has all the power, she can just sit there and stand there, and guys come up to her and she can decide who she wants to get with, like I wish I was like her, I would say that you do not want to be like that at all because number one, it's completely reactionary. You're completely just sitting there waiting for some guy to come along or some girl to come along, which is just, you have no control of your life. It's a horrible place to be in. But secondly, and I think more importantly, is that the way that I always talk to guys when it comes to relationships is that the precedence that you set at the start of the relationship dictates the entire relationship. And so what I mean by that is if you come at it and you're approaching strong from the start and you know, you're the leader and you're moving around, she gives you a couple shit tests She's testing you and you're like, hey, like we're talking about this and we're moving things forward. The reason why that is attractive is because of the fact that that like screens you as a long term mate. But also when you do that right from the start, it dictates your entire relationship. It dictates who's the one setting up where we're going to meet for our first date, how we move it forward, who's deciding that we're going to be in a long term relationship. And if you start off that way, it's a it's the perfect frame to then build a relationship from there. But if you're coming from it from the other side where she approaches you, then she's kind of chasing you. I mean, the chase, that stuff, you need to have that there no matter what. But if she's the one saying, hey, let's meet up and let's do that, you're kind of becoming the girl in a lot of ways. And that does a lot of times lead to the type of relationship where she's wearing the pants. And you know that's why like the one super famous David Data, the way the Superior Man book, like the polarity there has completely flipped to where she's become the man in the relationship. So it always goes back to the start. And so for me, and the other thing with that too, we kind of uh, hinted at before is the screening aspect of like, what do you actually want in a girl? And that's why also I think you need to date a lot of girls because there's things that you don't even know. Like an example for me was like sexual chemistry. I didn't know for my first few relationships that you could find a girl that actually has a higher sex drive than a guy does. I didn't even know that existed. And then when I found one, I was like, this is awesome. Like I need to make sure the girlfriend that I have has this. And I have all other weird esoteric things that I look for in a relationship. But then when you're talking to that girl the first time, you know, for me, self-development, not being super negative, all these things, if she starts acting in those ways, those behaviors come out, I'm not going to be like, oh, you're a poor long-term potential mate here because you're negative. But I'm going to have a screening frame and be like, hey, I don't deal with this sort of shit. And it just leads to all those great characteristics that are super important when it comes to building attraction and uh, all that sort of stuff, you know. So... I guess it kind of goes back to embracing the approach, embracing being that guy that takes action and is the one who's leading and moving things forward, being decisive, unapologetic about who you are, the masculinity, the polarity, the dominance, all those traits as much as we wish we didn't have to learn those things and develop those things. They're super important. And then, as I said, moving the relationship forward, it's the precedence that you set from the start. So guys will ask things like, it's always funny, especially when I was teaching just the dating stuff, guys would be like, how do you get that uh, polygamous relationship where you're like Hugh Hefner and you have three girlfriends? And I'll ask them, well, how long have you been dating your girlfriend? And they're like, oh, about like three years. It's like, dude, you don't. (laughs) You've been dating. Yeah. At that point, you don't just go, hey, let's go have some threesomes now or something like that. So, but if you start that way, a lot of guys, a lot of girls, you're just going to shake them out. They're not going to be interested in that, but you might find one that is cool with it. 
And if that's the frame from the start, that's the frame throughout. And so whether that's how you communicate together long term, whether that's how you dictate fights and stuff, like a good little small tip example for me is my girlfriend and I, we know to never fight over text because really early on, I just stamped that out. I'm like, we don't do this. Call her up on the phone or like we meet in person because it's just too easy to misinterpret stuff. Mm, so it's good. like little, little things like that. I knew or even just like the boundaries that I had for myself of like if she's a great example would be like my business. So I met her. I was just starting the business. And so those first couple months, it's human nature. People are going to test you. And she's like, you kind of been working a lot lately. And I in my head, all of a sudden the, the register goes off going, here's your chance to assert what the boundaries are. And it's like, hey, my business is number one. You can either accept that or not in the same way the threesome you accept that or not like whatever those sort of criteria are for you again it sets that awesome screening frame sets the right precedence so years later uh things are really good things are really awesome but it came from the things at the very start and so i think one final thing i'll riff on here and then see if you got any thoughts on this is like it's also amazing how if i look back at the girlfriends i had in the past they would actually be completely different people if i dated them now and i'm sure you feel the same way in that I'm such, I would, I, the, the mistakes that I made in previous relationships, that girlfriend who then was maybe kind of annoying or maybe, uh, we didn't have the sexual chemistry that we wanted to, or maybe she kind of, uh, wore the pants a little bit like, because now I know how to set those precedents from the very start, we would have had such a more amazing, beautiful relationship together that literally it would have been like a different person in the same way. Like after a girl, like when you break up, she almost becomes a different person than it's like, don't you remember all those amazing times? And she's all like, uh, like, you know, cut, like people just flip on a dime there. So again, I guess to reiterate, a lot of times it might not even be the girl. It could just be the way that you set up the relationship from the start. I like that. Now, one thing I really like about what you just said there, the way you just said it, you're just like, okay, if I, if I had that flame from the very beginning of my old relationships, you know, it would have been a whole new relationship. You already, I like how you came from the, you came from a very confident mindset there. You weren't saying like, oh, well, they probably wouldn't have uh, accepted that and, and I would have lost her and whatever. Instead, you pretty much just assumed that they would go along with it. And I think that there's an important point there is that you can set the frame for a relationship in the way that you want it and the way where you have uh, the control that you want to have the lifestyle you want with the girlfriend that you're with. And and not just from you saying it, but I also truly believe that a lot of women will accept that. They will accept that and they'll be okay with it. Because, well, first of all, if you're already in a, you know, able to build attraction and she likes you, she's not going to want to lose you. But also that whole process, it's kind of meta, that whole process of doing that actually gets her more attracted because it shows your strength and character and it shows your masculinity. And she's like, ooh, okay, yes, sir. Like, that's fine. We can do it that way. You know what I mean? So I, mm -hmm. like, I like how confident you are in that mindset. Now, also, I want guys to really understand, just from what you said there, this idea that you were talking about earlier of abundance. I think a lot of guys might be scared to do that. And I know that because I've been scared to do that in my past relationships. You find a girl, she's really awesome, and you kind of walk on eggshells and you make sure you can do anything that appeases her and makes her stick around and you don't come from that you know confident mindset of like no no this is how it is and this is how I do things and I think a lot of guys 
won't do that because they're going to be afraid to lose her. And so I, I want guys to really understand that losing, you know, if you end up losing her, it is absolutely for the best because you're going to be setting yourself up for a relationship that's either going to suck or it's just going to end anyways, you know? <laughs> yeah, that was actually one of the first big lessons that I ever had was if we go back to my story and the the girl that I was with for eight years, after I found out about the dating industry, learned some things, started approaching, the next girlfriend I had was 10 times more compatible. And so that girl, I was with her for eight years, so obviously we were pretty compatible. Like we had a lot of things, like she was, a lot of things were great about her. And the fact that the next girl was 10 times more compatible literally blew my mind. And it really kind of was the thing to completely stamp out that whole there's a soulmate sort of thing. And then if I look at every girlfriend I've had after that, the girlfriend I have now is over 10 times more compatible than that second girlfriend and the third girlfriend. And so, and the other fact, I mean, she's 10 years younger than me. So it's also looking at it from the frame of as men, we're like a nice, fine aged red wine. We only get more successful. We only get more confident, more assertive as we get older leading and like they stay the same age, right? The old Matthew McConaughey quote there. And yeah. so you can you only get more successful and more attractive if you're working on yourself and if you're growing and, you know, in all those different areas. So it really is abundance. It's not like some self-help truism, little like aphorism, like, yes, I deserve a 10 here. It's like, no, if you work on yourself, you will become more attractive and women are completely abundant, you know? Yeah, exactly. And then once you build that skill set, you're going to be attracting more women. You're going to be able to attract more women, so you're going to have more options beyond the fact that there already are options because women are everywhere and there's always millions of single girls. You've opened up the pool because you know how to use your skill set, you know. And I mean, like, listen, I'm so guilty of always falling into that um, scarce mindset. I mean, I'm I'm at the point where I'm always reminding myself, and I can can jump out of it very quickly but it is very easy to kind of you know fall back into like oh no there's not that many women out there and no my ex was the most amazing person ever and no one's going to be like her and and you know you're saying right now like you will meet girls and you can meet better and you can always meet better now i don't say that in the in the way where guys should just always be you know looking for better 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 i think that's dangerous too but but just know that if you're listening to this and you want a girlfriend or you're in a shitty relationship right now, you can find someone who is super compatible. So, um, yeah, definitely. So let, let's keep moving. So I like that whole idea of, of setting that frame for the type of relationship you want. What uh, happens after that? Well, I think that kind of gets into the other sort of steps involved here, if we're going step by step, is that to start off with that abundance frame and to come at it from like, I'm a guy with choices is that if she is the only girl that you're texting, dating, moving forward with, it's not going to be ideal. Like it can work. I think that's probably the vast majority of people's relationships, but that's the whole thing when guys are like, Oh, how do I get better at text game? It's like have five girls that you're texting and you're automatically going to be forgetting about certain girls texts things like that. I actually think that most of the rules around texting are actually for the guy than they are for the girl. Like, yes, it conveys some status that you're not responding at the same time and your texts are a little bit shorter than hers and you're using statements, not questions and all those things. But really what it is, it's so you don't get emotionally attached and engaged because if you're thinking about it too much, it's going to lead to just sending forth dimensionally 
these weird needy vibes and stuff like that. So you want to have it like if you're like, this is the girl, how do I move it from we're maybe hooking up or we've had a few dates into a serious thing? It's like you should be going and getting more girls because let me tell you, they're doing that. Like no doubt. Like my girlfriend readily admits that her and her friends, that's like they're always kind of hedging and playing the playing the pool there. They got a few in the works. And you got to be if you want to be on equal playing field or above, you got to be doing the same thing. And so this probably gets into uh, I think the most if I was ever like the most sure of a, a piece of advice that I could give someone, I call it the once a week rule. And this is for men and women is that if you want to build a healthy relationship from the start, if whether if you want it to be casual for forever or if you want it to move serious, it's the once a week rule. And I don't remember where some form I heard this literally over 10 years ago, maybe 12 years ago. It's like you only meet that girl once a week. And what happens is if you do more and I know what happens is like the sex is good and you're like, oh, let's do a weekend together. And then it's like three days and you're getting excited and it's this new girl. Like if you're meeting up three to four times a week, it, it's like whatever goes up fast goes down fast. It's either going to crash and burn fast or she the talk is going to come up and she's going to go, what are we? And you're like, oh, my God, I'm not ready for this yet. But if you just do that once a week and you have that discipline for you, it conveys a lot of great things to her. It shows that it's not serious. It shows that you're not needy. And then what you can do if you do that, you got like if you want to stay casual, you got months at a time that you can figure out if this is the right girl or not and just keep it kind of have your cake and eat it too, friends with benefits style. But then if you want to transition into a serious relationship, then all of a sudden you do is you start meeting up a little bit more, a little bit more. And it really organically in a natural way starts turning into like a really solid relationship. So that's kind of really the step-by-step process is like if, and if, if you're like, Hey man, I want to have sex more than once a week and we're only meeting up once a week. Again, it goes back to go find other girls so that you're not needy around her and you're coming with that right frame and everything. And then after a few months you can slowly transition and it's just like the healthiest way I've seen to build that solid foundation. Now I have a question with that. If you're meeting a girl once a week, what are your, with that rule, what are the other rules of communication outside of that once a week? So let's say you, you see this girl once a week. In between those times, are you texting every day? Are you calling every day? Are you doing that a couple times a week? What's communication like in between the meetups? Yeah, that's a great question. I was never one to ever use the phone. Uh, just against it, I guess. So I never called ever unless it was related to logistics of like, hey, I'm at the sushi spot, are you there yet, sort of thing. Uh, but other than that, like months would go before I'd even call even the, the girl that was like my my number one or whatever you want to call it. Uh, for texting, I think it's twofold. One is I always made sure that at least once a week, or I would tell this to clients, is that at least once a week there'd be a 24-hour window where we didn't text. And so at some point you don't want to have it where every day because – it's not, it's really the way if you think about how infatuation or love or any of these things happened, it's like an emotional anchor to an experience. So she's driving down the highway and she sees, you know, we're in Chicago, like the Wrigley sign or something like that. And right as she looks at the Wrigley sign, she gets a text from you. All of a sudden it anchors you to the Wrigley sign. So the next time she sees the Wrigley sign, she thinks of you. And all of a sudden like enough of those anchors come into play where the, the claws get sunk in and she's like totally into you and she's thinking about you all the time. So the more you can kind of like not have those where you pop into her mind, the slower it's going to lead to like, well, and the same is the opposite for you. If you're thinking about her all the time and you're thinking about what you're going to respond to her, 
you're building all these emotional anchors as much as you try not to be needy and to try to have that abundance mindset, you're kind of stacking the card cards against yourself by creating all these emotional anchors. So uh, it's a mixture of, yeah, having a 24-hour window where there's no sort of communication at all. Um, and then I'll say two things with this. The other one is don't fall into those like text wars where you're just going back and forth or be the one to end them if it kind of happens. Like end it tight and nice, be the one to do it that way. But I think the other thing too is uh, when it comes to texting and things like that, it's like uh, I think it just gets like addictive for guys. And so uh, for me, I remember it's like a new video game. It's kind of fun. Like, oh, I got these girls and things like that. And it's like uh, realize what the end game here is and how, again, it comes down to that frame that you're trying to dictate. I think nowadays with like uh, it's even more so with Snapchat and Instagram and commenting and liking all that shit. I would say just the big thing is try to create some sort of gap to where she's just not constantly always on your mind. And the opposite is also true. Wow, I like that. Yeah, that's powerful. I think that um, that's a good idea, and and it's going to be challenging for a lot of guys. You know what I mean? It's going to be challenging. But I like, you know, I like the way to the, to handle that challenge is to go and find another girl. <laughs> yeah, and I know it sounds like oversimplified, but it is like from personal experience. Uh, from literally working with, I mean, you know, I'm you as well, like millions of views online, but you know, hundreds of clients one-on-one and things like that. Like this is the path. If you really want to do it the solid way, like you can be sloppy, you can make mistakes, but those mistakes and that sloppiness leads to a less than ideal relationship because you're coming at it. Like you said, from the wrong frame where you're a little bit maybe needy or you're a little bit scarcity based. So you're getting a little bit more jealous than you'd like to when she goes out with the girls and that all came from that initial start, you know? Right. Uh, because, there, yeah. <clears throat> Go ahead. I was going to say there's one other thing. Um, this, for some reason, was like maybe the biggest epiphany I ever had when it came to like women is that I, and this, <laughs> I mean, it seems so obvious. I don't know. Let, I would love to hear if this was a big one for you. But what it was is that you don't have to answer every text. And so this was like, it stressed me out so much is that I started meeting girls. Let's say I had like five or six girls numbers. I was doing this up in like Milwaukee, Wisconsin. And it'd be Friday night and I'd have like three girls say, hey, where are you at? And I'm like, oh shit, I got to tell this one this. I got to tell this one this. And I'm kind of like playing all these mind games and trying to figure shit out. And then somebody on some forum was like, you don't need to answer (laughs) if you don't want to. You know, they're not your girlfriend. And for me, that literally blew my mind of realizing that you don't have to respond to every text. It actually creates good things. Like again, it's the abundance mindset. And then you're like, well, what do you do? Do you answer the question a day or two later? You just pretend like it never happened. It's only a big deal if you make it one. Huge self, uh, like social dynamic truism there. And so I think that helps out too for what you said. Because I was like, well, what do I do if she asks me a question? It's just like, ignore. And then two days later, it's just like, hey, what are you up to? And they just go along with it. If you're decisive with it, um, it totally works. I like that. I actually have... um something that complements that that I talk about in one of my programs my texting programs it's called the black hole effect and basically it's the idea that and and this is what we were talking about with relationships it's about setting the frame via texting so I tell guys I want to prevent that situation right I want to prevent guys from ever even feeling worried about what they have to do in that situation by basically telling guys to use text message as a tool for logistics. 
and just using it for meetups and not using it for heavy conversation because you're going to be setting the frame in the very beginning, the, like the texting frame with her when you guys start texting, meaning every time she texts you and you respond. Well, a week later, a couple weeks later, after you've been responding to every single text message that she sends you and all of a sudden you don't, it's going to cause drama and it's going to cause issues. And you're going to be like, oh, i got to respond to her. It's going to be a whole thing. You know, so I tell guys, Try to prevent that all the way from the beginning so you don't ever have to run into that situation of, of having to, I guess, continue acting in the way that you've been acting, you know? So always texting on the phone about whatever, you know, how's your day and all that stuff. You, if you ask her every day, how's your day? And all of a sudden, a couple of days go by, you don't ask it. You know, she's going to be all like, well, what happened? You always, you always ask me how my day was. It's funny. I actually, have you ever seen the movie uh, When Harry Met Sally? A uh, long time ago. Okay. So it's an old movie. It's like from the 80s. And uh, <laughs> Billy Crystal goes, he goes, um, he's, he's like talking to Meg Ryan and they're talking about relationships. He goes, you know, I never pick up, I'll never pick up my girlfriend from the airport. And she's like, why wouldn't you do that? She goes, and he goes, because if I always pick her up from the airport, you know, and then I stopped doing it. She's going to be like, I don't get it. You used to pick me up in the airport. What happened to our relationship? You never picked me up in the airport anymore. And I just thought that was so funny. And it's exactly what we're talking about here about setting those frames. So mm -hmm. in terms of texting, I want guys to be doing it at the level that they know that they can jump off any other time. And I think that's going to help prevent them from being needy. Yeah, I completely agree with the whole keeping it mostly to just logistics. Uh, that's definitely what I did for sure is that, uh, and again, I think it's, I, early on I didn't cause it was like my first time ever being single and that's what led to all the problems. And it's just, it's too hard to interpret texts too, right? Like mm -hmm. was that sarcastic? Are you just being a dick? Like I've lost it cause I was too sarcastic and then they thought I was fucking with them or they made, I don't even know, but it, they just stopped texting me and then it was over. So completely agree that it's just like, well, let's just keep it to the meetup cause that I can control. I can control, you know, my tonality, I control my body language and all those other things. So that makes it, you know, much less likely to be misinterpreted. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Cool. Uh, what's after this? What's after this part? Yeah. I mean, that's kind of, uh, if I think about it, then, you know, the transition is, is like, we, I, I guess what I would say from this point forward is ultimately looking at coming from the frame again of I'm the chooser here. I'm dictating how things are going to be is really getting crystal clear on what you want out of the relationship. And so the reason that I wanted to get in a relationship is that I kind of, I, I love like Ayn Rand, Nathaniel Brandon, Alice Shrugged, those sort of six pillars of self-esteem. And what they talk about in there is like, your woman is the person that you're most transparent with. It's the most intimate relationship you could have. I mean, you have sex together. Maybe your friends might know a lot about your business or something but you're more visible in a relationship than anything else. And so for me, the definition I have is just one plus one, I want to equal 100, not one plus one equals two. It's like my girlfriend, she's my best friend, she's my business partner, she, we're, everything we do, we do together. And then when I have a huge success in the business, all of a sudden things go great, she's like, I got some champagne, let's celebrate. I know more than anyone else what went into this. And then when I have like something go shitty, she more than anyone else knows what goes into that too. And so it's about that, like, we're on the same team. And so transitioning from, like, okay, the chase is on, abundance mindset, screening, to this is the girl that I want to actually do that with. And so I used to teach 
like don't be the guy to have the talk sort of thing because you know the talk's going to come up after a few months or a few weeks or whatever and I was like no I don't want to have the talk but that was because I was coming from the frame like I wanted to keep it casual whereas if you want to get serious you can be the one without being needy and most of it's tonality but it's just putting putting things out there and again it's another great frame to set from the start I'm just saying like here's kind of I guess an example just be like hey you know what we're out at dinner you know, we've been hanging out for a long time now, and I've really enjoyed hanging out with you. You're cool. We're really not hanging out with anyone else, um, and I don't really care to hang out with anyone else at this stage in the game. So I was wondering, like, you know, like, you don't have to be like, are we going exclusive? It's like, I want to call you my girlfriend or whatever feels right to you. But just coming from that frame of like, you know, you're the chooser, but the first step really is what do you want out of it? If you're kind of in that, you know, one foot in, one foot out, I want to have my cake and eat it too. It's just like be clear on that and then create that frame in the relationship. But if you want to get serious, that doesn't mean you're needy. That doesn't mean you're in scarcity if you're doing it from the right frame here. Um, and then from there, it's just like continuing forward on that path. And I think the other big thing I would say with that is, again, having a list, like write down the things that you want in that 10 out of 10 girl. Uh, you know, I think for too many guys, because they don't have that choice, they're just thinking, I just want her to be hot. That's all that matters. And I'm sure any guy that's been with enough girls realize that is not enough at all because too many girls that even have looks that leads to not the best personalities and other things like that too. So what are those things? Like I have all sorts of crazy ones, like some crazy ones that I have. One is she's got to be able to drink because I like going out and having a few drinks and I can't have her like falling over puking or not drinking at all and judging me at the end of the night with my buddies. So she's got to be, that's like up there, top five. Like another one is a, a huge one for me that she's got to be into self-development. And so that's another one of those guys will be like, oh, how do you get her to read books like Atlas Shrugged and you know, Warren Buffett's biography and things like that? And I said, it's not about like, yeah, I inspire a little bit, but she did that before she met me. And so what are those things that are near and dear to you? And don't settle for anything less because it just sets a great frame from the start anyway. And like the law of attraction and action, you'll actually start seeing these opportunities and meeting these girls when you kind of draw the line in the sand and you say this is what you actually want. Right, and you also just be aware of it, right? So if you're writing it down and it's in your head, well now it's on the conscious part of your brain. So when you're meeting a girl and you know something some something like you said like you know you go out with her and you have a bunch of drinks and she has two drinks and she's like falling down and she's puking, well that's going to be right at the forefront of your mind and be like all right, this girl's not for me. Why? Because you already previously thought about that. So I like that. I think that's a great idea. In fact, I think I need to do that because I, I, I have it in my head, but there's something different between having it in your head and thinking about it versus writing it down, even if it's in like a text note on your phone. But I think totally. that that's definitely yeah. a great idea. Um, I had another question too, and then we can wrap up because I think this is pretty clear step by step here. How do you know, what would be your tip or how would you know when a guy should make that transition. I mean, when do you think it would be right for a, I guess what are the signs that this is a girl that should be his girlfriend? Yeah, I'd say there's a, a couple different ways to look at that. The first one definitely is if you just look at life stages of men is that, you know, for me, what I try to do with the whole lifestyle development stuff, the way that I, especially working one-on-one -on -one with people is like, I learn very fast that when it comes to all aspects of life, you can't be an expert at everything. 
So, I mean, maybe with the, the pickup stuff, I definitely was an expert. Still am, I guess, even though I haven't done it lately. But some guys want to gain weight. Some guys want to lose weight. Some guys want to move forward in their career. Other guys want to start a business. So what it is is more giving them sort of patterns based on their life stage, but then also having them really understand their specific situation and kind of remove some blind spots. So I'll kind of get into a few of those. The first big one is like with those life stages is that when you're 20 and you're 21, 22, your testosterone is just through the roof. It's like peaking. And so that's a good stage to be single because you're just so damn horny as a kid there that you don't want to get in a relationship for all the reasons we already talked about. I would say that in your mid 20s or even sometimes early 20s, I've noticed that even if you want to be more successful, you know, meeting random girls, getting in a relationship at some point has helped most guys out. And I think there's two reasons. Number one is that I think for a lot of guys, it's the first experience they've had of them just being themselves and actually seeing that a girl can like them just for them. So I think it really helps out with like the deservedness and the entitlement stuff. So then when you go back to being single, you don't think it's the lines, you don't think it's the routines and the tactics and things like that. So that's actually a pretty interesting one where if you actually want your game to get better, uh, getting in a relationship can help out for that. But for the reasons we talked about too, don't get stuck there. Like don't be 24 before you've peaked and then all of a sudden, you know, you have that relationship for the rest of your life because you're not going to be happy. Um, but yeah, it's good to make some of those mistakes early on so that when you do meet that awesome girl, you've made all the mistakes. And so I think you have to have a few relationships. You have to, you know, mess up some of those where you do stupid shit, whether I, whatever that is, hanging out with your friends too much or doing too much push pull or making her feel jealous and things like that. Uh, you got to kind of make those mistakes. So now, so when your Victoria's Secret supermodel comes up and you're totally on your A game, you don't mess it up to kind of move it forward. And so it's through learning those lessons, through having the experience, and then just what I've noticed from a lot of guys in their like late 20s, early 30s, that is just about the time where, you know, it's a, a bit, I think, your hormones, but it's also at a life stage. You know, you realize that your parents aren't going to be around forever, so family kind of becomes a little bit more of a higher priority. When, you, when you're in your 20s, you don't even think about your family, most, most people. Uh, and your career, all of a sudden you start thinking about like, okay, when I'm 24, it's cool making... 35 grand and slumming it in hostels around Europe and just meeting girls. But when I'm like 30 and you're like, shit, what if I did have a girl? I can't even barely afford myself. And you can't stay at those hostels when you got a girl, especially if she's, you know, the type that you want. It's like, okay, now we got to get that damn four star hotel and I'm paying for two flights here. So I got to focus on the business and other things kind of take a higher priority. And so with that, you don't really have the time. I mean, I still go out a lot. Like I still go out at least probably twice a week for the most, like one, at least one, every single week, once a week, sometimes twice. So you don't need to like lose your social life, but it's not like you're running around the club anymore, approaching girls as much, you know? And, and again, I'm not telling you if you're at that stage, if you're in your early thirties and you haven't done that, you need to go do that either way. But just looking at the sort of patterns that emerge is it just makes sense. Like you get into your thirties, do you want to be 60 with kids or 35 with kids? And so kind of other life priorities come into focus to where, yeah, it's not like if I see a gorgeous girl that's super sexy, I don't think about like, damn, that would be awesome to sleep with her. But I have other priorities. Like in the same way, if some dude at a customer support guy really pisses me off, part of me is like, I want to fucking kill this guy, but I'm not going to go out and get a gun and actually do it. So it's like we still have thoughts that pop into our mind, but priorities dictate what we do with our actions and our behavior. And so that's kind of what I noticed is that like, 
late 20s, early 30s is usually that time where guys are getting ready to kind of find a girl that they're actually into and that they could uh, live their life with and, you know, experience the rest of life. Yeah, I like that. And, you know, it's it's funny. I have too many friends that I know who did the uh, one and done, which means that they've really been in no relationships before and then they find a girl and they you know it works and they get into relationship and they happen to be at that age you know i would say that age is maybe 27 or over and because they're in a serious relationship and they're at that age they go okay well this this will be the girl that i marry and i get scared for those people and i do because i've seen i've seen the statistics and i've seen firsthand a lot of those relationships end up in divorce. And the reason is, is because they never really gave themselves a shot to go out, make those mistakes, get into a few relationships, learn more about yourself, learn more about what you want, and and be able to do that so you can prevent something in the future. So so yeah, I definitely encourage guys who are listening to to go out there, like Wade was saying, and and enjoy the process of messing up and learning about yourself and learning about other people so you can really get to the point where uh, you get what you want. Completely agree. Cool, man. Wade, thank you so much for being here. This was honestly a, a great interview and a, and a great episode. If you're still listening, check out the Wade Alter show. It is really incredible. Talks about lifestyle development. And as you can see, he gives great advice and good practical, practical advice as well. So definitely check that out. And Wade, thank you again for doing this, man. Yeah, thanks for having me.